Biggs back to Berbatov again. Rooney miscalculates. love soccer you know i'm pretty new to it my name is mike steenstra i have started watching the premier league pretty recently i've got two friends that have been watching a lot longer than me uh we decided to do a podcast just kind of talk about the american side of watching the english premier league uh with me i'll have jimmy karn who's been watching forever he'll get into his background a little bit and brad tyndall who's been watching for a few years now um but here we go this call is now being recorded We'll figure out the uh, audio issues later. Let's just let's just roll. Fair enough. Okay. Jimbo, tell me how you got into watching soccer, specifically the Premier League. Well, um, like watching soccer. Uh, I remember like growing up in the south and pretty much my whole life. Uh, my my youth team, U11, U12, my my coach was from. Manchester, England. and we'd be, we'd be a lot of traveling, so we went to like Detroit, Chicago for games every weekend. We'd stay in the hotel, and uh, our coach, being from Manchester, he, he was a huge Man United fan, so uh, we watched lots of highlights. Um, and my U twelve year was season when United won the treble to Premier League and. Uh, the Champions League. So we watched lots of highlights. Uh, I played goalie. Um, I grew up loving Peter Schmeichel, um, great goalkeeper for Man United. Um, but I mean, and my my wife asked me. She said, "Well, you love soccer growing up. You must have watched it a lot." And, you know, I thought to myself, "Like, well, you get a random game every now and then, um, but it's not like it was today, where you have you know Premier League or like filler that you find out about sports um, just randomly, but." Um, a lot of what I watched was you know, highlight videotapes that um, I got from my coach. And um, between that and growing up playing FIFA, that's really where my love of European football really started. Um, it's just kind of grown ever since. Um, I am a United fan. I'm not ashamed of that. Uh, I didn't choose them. Um, you know, it, it was kind of chosen for me. Um, I was indoctrinated by the coach, so. Um, I'm not a fan. I'm, I'm proud. Um, the last couple of years have been tough, but, uh, well, uh, now Jose and, um, it's all good from here. No way, Jose. Tough, he said. I like, I like how you, you had the audacity to complain a little bit there. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> so, man, you guys are fans. Right, let's hear it, Spurs fans. Yeah, I'll let Brad go since I'm the newest. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I, I had not much tolerance for soccer for a long time. I, I played um, at the very lowest of levels, but up through, I think, the end of middle school and didn't continue with the, with anything in high school. But I know that one constant presence uh, was this obnoxious United fan that we have on the line here, um, Mr. James Carn, And then our other buddy, Matthew uh, Babel, who can't be with us today, was also always a fan. Um, at least, at least as long as I can remember. So there's always that allure of it. Uh, but I didn't really get into it much. I was just getting into the NFL and your more typical American sports that people tend to follow here. Um, but kind of got a little wary of the NFL the last couple of years. Um, and in 2014, I'd say, uh, maybe February or March, I kind of had been playing FIFA a fair amount. I know Jimmy just mentioned that, but I have to go back to FIFA as a huge part of my education when it comes to soccer. Um, I know that might sound hilarious to people, but the reality is even friends who I'm convincing or trying to convince now to get into the Premier League say it's just overwhelming. There's just so much going on that's very different from American sports. I don't understand it. I don't have the time to understand it. And what I would tell anybody who has any interest is play one career mode season of FIFA, and you will learn so much about the finances, about transfers, about the different competitions, single elimination versus Champions League versus the Premier League, which is a year-long tournament. Um, Just the concepts there are hard to get into at first, but ultimately, as you learn more about them, the more fascinating they become. So that's kind of how I started getting into it um, through FIFA and then talking to Jim and Matt and others who actually were into it already. And then from there, the next logical step was to pick a team, and there wasn't a good way to do that. I read a couple of articles um, throughout the interwebs trying to say – It sounded like a giant FIFA commercial for a second. It is, though. (laughs) It is. That's that's what I'm trying to say, though. FIFA will teach you a lot about the game if you just put in a couple of 10 hours here or there. But um, the final step was picking a team. It was pretty difficult to do that. There were a couple of articles online about how to go about picking a team. But I wanted someone close to – my hometown, Detroit Lions, um, you know, except maybe with a little more promise since they're perennially awful. And Spurs were fighting for fifth or sixth in the table the last couple of years, leading into the Pochettino hiring in 2014, which is when I started to take interest in them. Uh, and I just went with them and said, all right, I'm going to follow this club and see what happens. Um, so that's really how I got into them, and, and I couldn't be more obsessed at this point. But, yeah. Hmm. Well, that actually brings up a pretty good um, – so a pretty good segment, if you had to take the top six teams and equate them to an American team, um, which one would you do? You know, like Man United, obviously, the Yankees. Yeah! I'd say – well, hold on, hold on. Hold on, before we go too far into, into the like, – let me let at least give me 30 seconds to defend myself. Um, yes, like in the current structure, they – they do resemble like the late 90s, early 2000s Yankees where they are buying a bunch of players, but I would argue that we aren't even the highest spenders in the community. That's not saying much because we, we have spent a lot. Um, but you know, in the, in the years that we were, you know, hugely successful, a lot of the players that were key parts of that are guys that, um, either we bought really young and grew them or they came through our youth system. Um, so. It's not exactly true for the Yankees, uh, except for maybe like you know Derek Jeter. Um, so, all right. So I just wanted to defend myself. Gotcha. So, Yankees, if, if, I agree. What, what would be a franchise? What would be a franchise in the U.S. that 
equates to you equally to, to Man United. Do you want do you want to do baseball teams and football teams like or we whatever any whatever yeah. yeah any I franchise for an American audience yeah. so we gotta make some comparisons. I would um honestly I would say you know probably in its current form. God I hate to say it, but like uh, New England Patriots we win a lot and for a long time we were the model franchise and we were the dynasty. Um, in the, in the in the same vein as um, the Patriots, and I, I shouldn't even say where it's been like five down years. We won the Premier League in 2015, so it's not like it's been you know Tottenham or anything. But um, I would say and that, the Patriots yeah. currently, and that aligns with Jimmy's point, which is valid at least previously from what I learned. That there was also youth development. So you look at the Patriots and the fact that they can bring in a, a Kyle Van Noy who is a draft pick that didn't pan out for the Lions, and now he's playing in the Super Bowl. So developing talent uh, as well as acquiring it. I think Liverpool's the Red Sox because apparently their cool. fans are fairly obnoxious, <laughs> and they're literally owned by cool. the Red Sox. So. <laughs> yes, yeah, I, I agree with that one. Um, I mean, there's no that one's that one's pretty straightforward. Right? That one's got to be pretty easy. Um, yep, there's two and clear parallels. I mean, in that same vein, you can go Arsenal is. Um, take your pick. You know, LA Rams. Um, it's the same owner again. Um, Stan Kroenke really? owns the same owner. Yeah, he owns. Yep. It's, yeah, he owns the Rams. He also owns the Colorado Rapids, and hmm. I want to say another. Uh, the Avalanche. I think he owns Stan Kroenke. Uh, Kroenke. Um, yeah, I yeah. know that name. Yeah. So that's that's an easy parallel. Oh boy, he's got um, City for the Yankees. Teams. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. City's the I Yankees one because they're obnoxious overspenders and they just throw money at things more than anyone, in my opinion. And I just like them very much. You know, I grew up a Yankees fan. That was the only time I watched baseball. Those Derek Jeter, Mo years. He just uh, is in the Hall of Fame now. It was, it was a good time to be an adolescent watching sports in uh, New York, New Jersey. So it's awesome. So are you are you saying you should be a City fan then, Michael? You know, I was tempted actually. <laughs> I, I remember. At, so the, I guess this is a good time to give you my introduction into soccer. I'm a, I'm kind of a newbie at watching. I've only been watching legitimately for like nine months. Um, before that, though, I was really into U.S. men's national team. I, I started watching that in 2010, really, the South Africa World Cup with the Vuvuzelas, and I became really into U.S. men's national team. Uh, right about around them. Then I would follow the uh, process for them to try to get into the World Cup, but mainly my heart was in basketball. So I grew up, uh, I feel like I'm just wandering here, but Knicks fan, uh, hugely into basketball. I covered it for Japanese magazine for a little while, um, but then just slowly fell out of love with the game, just sloppy, all the threes. I think analytics have really kind of ruined basketball because then everyone just takes threes and losses them from all over the court. It's honestly very tough to watch for me now. Um, and I hate commercials. I, I actually – I got into football for a few years, but the commercials, like, I, I just – I don't have the patience for it at all. I just sit there, kickoff, commercial, three and out, commercial. It's like every – Challenge, commercial, penalty, commercial. It's horrible. It's horrible. It's, it's unwatchable in my opinion. I, I still like red zone, but uh, I think what I really like – 
when I first started watching soccer, like in March of last year, I caught a couple games and I was texting Tyndall about it, like, you know, what's going on? I didn't even realize what Champions League was. Like I said, I started watching Champions League. Um, but then just got curious enough to, you know, really follow it. And then once the U.S. did not qualify for the World Cup, I was like, well, I still really want to watch soccer. Um, and I learned about some of the players that you watched in the World Cup. And then from there, like, I just never stopped. Like, World Cup got me into soccer, um, like, fandom, and then it just never stopped from there, and I've been super into it this year. So I'm new, but I'm new to it, so I asked a lot of naive questions here. I mean, there's some naive questions. I, th- I think it's it uh, a cool parallel that for the longest time, the United States felt like the way to build um, soccer in this country was through the World Cup, through the national team. Um, I mean, like, it's the, – the, the parallel to the World Cup for me is like the Olympics, right? Like, no matter who you are, if you like soccer or not, like when the World Cup's on and the United States is playing – like it's a, it's a huge unifier. Like I've, it's like one of the few times I've been to a bar at night, you know, where soccer was on and everyone was actually watching. It's a um, cool experience, and to hear that, you know, that's what brought you in. I mean, that's kind of what you know, uh, American soccer wanted for a long time. Is, is yeah, um, we had to draw you in that way. We had a very successful 2010-2014. People always underestimate that, but they made it to the group stage twice in a row. Like that's huge. That's freaking huge, and no one gives U.S. soccer credit for that. But some fun goals yeah, on the way were, too. And they were they were a Wondolowski misfire from five feet away from the final eight. So I don't know. <sighs> People give U.S. men's national team crap, and rightly so. But so much had to go wrong for them not to qualify in the last uh, World Cup, and it happened. But anyway, I think it's the resources that make people frustrated too, and in. I may be naive in saying that because I don't know anything about the actual finances of national teams, but when you look at 350, 400 million people, you look at the diversity that we have, you look at the financial, I don't think we have any shortcomings. And it's like, yeah, why can't we, why can't we compete with the Germanys, with even the Netherlands, with, you know, a mid-level team on a consistent basis? But we have, guess, we have, we have. You're right. Before the World Cup qualifying cycle, we have. I mean, we actually, we actually played in really tough groups for two World Cups before. Like, U.S. soccer has been on the rise, at least. Jim Joe. Also, uh, quarterfinals my, uh, 2002, right, or 2004 or eight, rather. I thought they made it to the quarters um, at some point. They, um, it was 2002. You know, South Korea, Japan, to the quarters. Um, so what makes, you know, America great that we're a melting pot, you know, of like other countries, um, especially when it comes to like soccer, you know, like can also be kind of our downfall. Like, so when you look at Germany, um, obviously I'm sort of this last one cup, but like, you know, years before that where they, um, were just so dominant, the difference is, is like the German national setup has a very distinct style from the time you start playing when you're a kid all the way through the national team, like, you learn the same style, whereas that's crazy. If you go anywhere if, if you go anywhere in this country, like there's there's so many people from so many different nations that came to this country that brought like their country style of soccer here that has become a melting pot, and and there's no like singular focus um, from the time you're young through the time you're a senior team. So I mean, even like uh, and, and you know our 
I won't go into like the whole like professional setup either, but um like just just missing out on like that like, you know, cohesive vision for what the team should be, um, kinda hinders us. So like I mean, I think that diversity makes America great. Um, just not soccer. Um and that's uh I think that, you know, hopefully we find like I mean we have a national team coach right now, but hopefully that the program itself can identify, you know, a singular vision for all the teams so that as we're bringing players through, like everyone's playing the same style when it comes to national team soccer. And it, you know, oh, it, it all, only it really applies. Down, it all boils down to the youth systems, right? I mean, I played club soccer. I was in like U10 through U16. I don't even remember, you know, an expensive club. Like I don't even remember tactical discussion. It was just not part of like what our coach's knowledge was. And I think that's well, probably well, a pretty common thing across the U.S. as far as soccer coaches not being, um, you know, quality enough. I I totally agree. And like that, I'm sitting here saying that as somebody who, like, I coached in high school um, for a number of years. I, uh, I'm a club coach right now. Um, and I have, like, uh, I have the national e-license, which is the lowest level um, license that's pretty easy to get. Um, but a lot of people who coach aren't, like, licensed by the United States Federation. You don't have to be. Um, that's just where, like, the program, you know, sets a bar. And as, like, right. you know, higher-level competition happens, so on and so forth. So, like, you, as a case study, you look at a country like Iceland, where there's only 350,000 people in that country, but something like 25% of, like, the population has, like, a high, like, coaching license. Like, they turn out... Um, per capita, more high-level coaches than any other country. Like, I can't remember when I saw that a couple of years ago. But, like, they, they – um, and that's why you see the Icelandic national team now, like, being as um, good as it is from a country that's so small with so limited resources is they took the time to focus on being good at it, and, and they've gotten a lot better. And I think they've gotten a good generation, too, and that was helps for um, uh, kind of the case so- for that. Stole Aaron Joe from then, and then uh, yeah. yeah. I wonder if he would have played on that team if he hadn't made that decision. I'm sure he regretted it a little bit. At least have a ton of injuries, right? But anyway, I think we should yeah. wander back to uh, Premier League. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, we did we did wander there a little bit, and I think yeah. that's kind of how some of these conversations will go. But sure. um, I like so, it. It's fun. So we so we talked about some of the top six. Can I ask you guys? Um, Kendall, we've we've already established you as a as a Spurs fan. Um, Mike, though, I think it's fair to categorize you as as one if you had to identify yeah. the Premier League team. Is that true? Most definitely. Um, what would you guys? So, so we talked about American counterparts for Premier League teams. What what would you guys see as your counterpart um, to an American team as far as Kendall <laughs> goes? It's a good question. The Oakland Days. Uh, hmm. The Oakland Days. Just because of Moneyball, and just because of Moneyball and the more limited resources. Um, although I don't, I don't love the comparison, but I, I just think that when you look at the net spend, I, I can't get over it. I can't get over the fact that it's 18 million since 2014. It's crazy. It's, it's absolutely nuts, and they're competing on four fronts still. But then again, it's baseball, and everyone has at least a baseline, and I don't think that's fair because you look at a team like Cardiff City, and the resources are are light years 
compared to a top six team in the Premier League. So it's hard to do a comparison to a 32 person or a 32 team league in the States. I don't know. Michael, what do you think? Well, I'm not sure. Uh, I've got no comment on that, but I think the team that I would pick them to be is uh, an NBA team. I think they're kind of like the Portland Trailblazers to me because they have, you know, a lot of talent on their roster, but they're just not spending the money to get to that next year that makes them a contender. Of course, this is me coming in at 10 months, uh, but it's just not seeing them spend money in the transfer window, and then it just doesn't sound like they're going to do it anytime soon. It just kind of reminds me of the Portland Trailblazers in that way. Um, yeah. I like that comparison. I, let me, let me, uh, let me just note too, Michael, that like, I think that, um, your limited, like, experience so far is actually kind of refreshing because, like, uh, um, I've been watching a long time and, and Brad's been watching for five years now. So, like, you get to a point where you watch it long enough that you start to, like, fall into these, like, misconceptions, um, about clubs, about, like, instead of having, like, a fresh look of, like, opportunity you get beat down um as a Tottenham fan maybe like Bradley has like by the media um sure about, I mean like, I've heard you know, gotten can't accomplish that yeah and I get it like I'm on all I saw a lot of Spurs, Spurs writers I'm on Reddit for Spurs and it's you can just see the undertones very quickly of what the Spurs task was and how people feel about it <laughs> yeah sure. But from my perspective, the Spurs have just been so much fun. They're they're always on TV here. Like, I never have to struggle to find a game. So that was helpful to become a fan of them. And the team's just freaking awesome. Like, uh, Deli Alley's cool, and Harry Kane's awesome. And Sonny is, like, my favorite human being, let alone favorite soccer player. The dude is awesome, and he's so good. So, I don't know. They're just fun in, you know, a year and a half since I started watching Musty March. They're a fun team to watch, so. It's gotten me into soccer, and uh, yeah, I don't forget what the question was. But <laughs> that was pretty small. No, I, I, was was I was just yeah, that's that's really good. I, was saying, so I, was I think that's down, what like, I think it's refreshing to have your view. I was and that's, tempted to pick Arsenal for a little while, just because the reason behind that is a team we used to play as a youth club. Their name was the Arsenal, close by me, and uh, I was like, ah, oh, that sounds kind of cool. But I didn't like Jack Wilshere. Yeah, I, I watched him a few times. Like, I hate that little effort. And yeah. so then mm-hmm. I'm not going to watch it. I don't like him. I think that's a, a great thing about I, – I think it's hard for me to say, well, any team you pick, you're really going to have a good time. I mean, since 2014, I, I jumped on right at the right time for a little bit of ascension, not to, to trophies, but certainly some increased consistency at an elite level. But even with, you know, I won't go back to FIFA too much, but uh, career mode with Derby County, I, you just learn to enjoy the players, and it's just a little bit different feel than than an American sport. I don't know if I don't know if there's more access to it. I would say it's equal on both sides as far as access to the players, but um, I'd say being that a part of the club is different. Your personality shows on the field, you know, and you get a lot of time spent with them without interruption. Good point. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And you, I don't know, the, the supporters, supporters are different than fans. And I won't go on this rant. We can leave that for another time, but supporters are different no, no, from I fans. No, I want you to go on it because I have some counterpoints to this rant. 
Okay. So I, it's not too much of a rant other than I think there are a ton of comparisons between American fans and European fans that people don't maybe give us credit for. Like, we are vocal. You talk about, you know, choruses during Premier League matches, and it is beautiful. And I think they're a little bit more elegantly orchestrated than American yeah. chants. But I'll tell you what, you look at the decibel levels in the NFL games and the stadiums that we fill up for the NFL, um, fans are legit here in the States, so we have to remember that. But there's just a different feel and a gravity towards the players and an inclusivity with at least what I've experienced being a Spurs fan. I just feel more more part of the club, even though I'm over here in the States and I have nothing to do with the club. I'm easy to jump into loyalty with any team, but it just feels a little bit different. I can't really, I can't really convey exactly what it is, but I don't know. Would you would you say you feel more of like an ownership like of your fandom like as a like, I mean that's that's kind of how I feel like. Uh, yes. Um. Like I I think I take it like personally like there's definitely like you know um, American sports that I follow that I'm I'm, I'm fans of the, those teams. Um, like, but I still, like, I've never, like, you know, felt more, like, live and die with the team, like, like, where it can, um, where, you know, if we have, like, a bad, like, week or bad couple runs of games that, like, like, it, like, it affects me, like, I, I'm definitely, like, more down about it, like, that, that, that doesn't happen with me in, uh, in American sports, and I think that kind of ownership, that sort of, like, um, deep-seated, like, pride that comes with it, um, um, I think it's a little different than anything I've experienced in American sports anyway. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, that's all fair. Yeah. I was going to make some... So, yeah, go for it, though, Michael. Anticipating what I was going to say, what were you... What, what do you hear know. as the typical arguments, maybe, if I didn't cover them? changed my opinion a little bit, because I do feel that I have... Like I'm close to this this hot spur. I, I like you know, I feel I can feel the same way as they feel as a team, I feel like. But I did Brad, you, I think you would probably admit that you fall on the fandom hard and you always have. So yeah, absolutely. maybe it was a sensationalized version because you picked a new sport and like you got a new team and you get to learn about the history of the team. You know, if that played a role in how you felt at all. Because I, I think so. Yeah. Still see it as a sport, still fans, like, it doesn't ruin my day if they lose. Like, I'm not pumped, but I don't know. I know what you mean. I think generally, if you took me at age 25, I'm 31 now. You took me at age 24 or 25 even, when the Lions would lose, my day was ruined. My whole day and maybe part of my week. Like, I was just a little yeah. bit bummed. Um, I saw take, it. Yeah, you saw it, right? And when you get to, when I got to maybe 27, 28, a couple of years later, I think that frontal lobe maturity a little bit, um, perspective, it really doesn't bother me. If Spurs, if Spurs lose that match on Sunday at, uh, at Fulham at Craven Cottage, if Which they lose it, or if they even, yeah, would have been like, I would have been bummed for 30 minutes. And then, all right, now I'm in the next one. I mean, life goes on kind of deal. That goal. That goal, though, for a second, oh, we got to about that freaking goal. Oh, that was awesome. That was everything you love about soccer. Yeah. High game, last, literally last play, freaking 2-1 to 
And it was such an important game for Spurs, too. Those three points were huge for keeping them in Champions League contention. And that's all, as a Spurs fan, you really care about. You, like, you just want to be top four. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in an academy product, only a second goal. I mean, it's just, it's just beautiful. And with all the injuries that they've had and Winks having to play defensive mid, um, and put in a lot of work. Now with Sissoko out, not helping him out with all of that running around, um, at the back and he sprints forward. He starts to play, by the way, on one side of the pitch. He actually wins the ball. And then ends up running in for the final goal. And in Kudu, who we haven't seen in months, yeah. disappears yeah. out of nowhere. And the first cross that he put in when he first came on the pitch was was awful. Actually, it was overhit by like oh, really? <laughs> twenty yards. Like he hit it out for a corner. And then that second one was absolutely class. And just happy Perfect. happy to see him do that. And he got on social media afterwards and said, uh, "Remember me" or something like that. And it just yeah. cracked me up. I thought I saw online the last time he played was in the International Champions Cup here in this good old USA this summer. I Just think a so. Big, a I big think tournament. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, gutty performance from Spurs. Great to get the three points because if we could transition a little bit, we've been talking about Spurs a lot. Um, United sure. obviously is on a huge run right now um, and is charging up the table. I think they're even on points with Arsenal. Yep, and 44. a couple behind Chelsea. Three behind Chelsea at 47. Coming up the table, Jim. Top four. Top four is very doable. Oh, uh, yeah. I think that is, um, you know, kind of, um, you know, resetting goals so that we can see what's coming out. Uh, our goals are as far as really glad um get back into that top four. Um, um, if we were able to get there, that would be – Excellent. You know, uh, even with um, Chelsea and Arsenal, you know, kind of struggling the last month or so, um, and as hot as we have been, you know, those teams are still extremely talented. It's going to be tough. Um, but I'm excited with the direction we're heading. I'm not ready to um, appoint uh, Ali Gunnar Solskjaer as a, you know, coach of the future, but it's been, it's been, it's, 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 been, it's been exciting to watch. It's the, it's, uh, it's the first time in five years that I've watched United play where they didn't look constipated, you know? Like, uh. It's a good word. It's a really good word, actually. Good analogy. Like, where they've just been open and free flowing and, like, you know, there's so many young, talented guys. Yeah, they're like, just chatting all over the yeah. league. Really? Yep. Instead of feeling like they have to take it up. So, so Jim, so Jim. Tell me, give me your top, your top three things that you're excited about with the contrast to Mourinho's style. I'm guessing that one of them might be the development of or continued development of a guy who I actually liked a lot when he first came on, I think at 18. And now I dislike a little bit because he scored the winner against Spurs at Wembley when I thought Spurs outplayed them. Um, but maybe you could start there, but your top three things that you've, you've liked. So, I mean, obviously, like the open attacking style, um, is, is fun. It is, it is united in a sense. Um, when I see United, like, I think that most United fans would say, like, it looks like United. They're talking about the way it looked when Sir Alex Ferguson was there. Um, you know, I think that, uh, having that, you know, the freedom to create, like, I mean, 
we have the talent there. Um, um, sometimes coaches uh, tend to get too full of themselves and want to coach too much during the game. When these guys are professionals, they've been doing their whole lives. They're incredibly talented. Like basically, just um, you know, you're there to you know manage players uh, as far as you know subs and everything else, and maybe you know moving people around tactically a little bit. But for the most part, it's the talent of the players on the field that's going to affect stuff. So I think that um, um, that is important. The second being um, kind of that same vein is that you know the the um, kind of reinforced. Uh, or restored their belief in themselves, right? So Mourinho spent so much time just trying to, like, mentally control players or break them down, whether it was in the media. I mean, poor Luke Shaw. Oh, <laughs> this got destroyed for, like, three years by Mourinho. And, and Paul, but obviously, like, it, um, he, he spent so much transformation time. transformation is insane yeah, to watch. Was, well, it's it's not even a transformation in the sense that like you see it now, but like I mean, it's a he also looks you know he also looks like a world beater in the World Cup, right? Like people were like, "Whoa, where was this ball the last season?" Well, it's you know Mourinho, well, you know, um, and with Juventus mentally as well, right? Yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. So I mean, that, so I think restoring their beliefs in themselves, like letting them enjoy soccer, that's the the second part of that I'm excited about. And then, I think, I don't know, third for me. For me. <laughs> for me. Third, third for me would be would be playing some of the young guys. And, I, and, and Bradley knows that I love, I love Mason Lukaku, um, but to mention the player that he was referencing, I mean, Marcus Rashford is one of our own. And he actually came up, he had his first start with uh, Lehman Gall. Um, when he was 18, and uh, I think he's 21 now, or 20, 21 now. Um, and like you see, you you see the talent. You can see like how he can change the game. Um, you know, playing at that striker role. Um, it's gonna be interesting going forward. You know, uh, how we handle you know playing him there. Um, if we're gonna have Luke after be a super sub, whatever it is. Uh, but you see, you know, in some of the biggest games now, how important he is um, in that position. And it frees up players like Martial uh, on the wing and, and, and Lingard. And I like seeing those guys play, um, you know, versus uh, some of the Mourinho staples. Like, if I never saw Marouane Fellaini uh, make a start again, it would be too soon. But, yeah, it's been it's been fun. Um, I, uh, I, I don't have like any expectations. Does Alexis come back and have a role for you guys this year? Absolutely. Like, don't like. Let's not get it twisted. Alexis Sanchez is still a incredible uh, football player, right? His and first game back. Talented. That little pass at the corner of the box was just yeah. It it, it was yep. amazing. It was one of the better passes I've ever seen. And he is. He's he's very he's very good. And I mean, honestly, like I think the the, the competition that he makes the biggest difference for us is if we're going to do anything in the Champions League, and it's going to be really tough because Champions League is incredibly ter- uh, you know, incredibly tough, um, but I think Sanchez would have the biggest impact in Europe, um, and he'll play some in the Premier League, um, obviously going forward as long as he stays healthy, but I think that he can have a huge impact when it comes to Champions League time, um, and that's where you uh, hopefully see him um, you know, make the biggest push. Um, 
I have no, like, I'm not blind. Like, we might be, you know, the 15th of 16 teams that are remaining in the Champions League, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. You know, it's it's a re- restoration of belief that's been oh, yeah. beaten, beaten out of me Why for not? a couple of years. Why not you guys in the Champions League? Yeah, yep. sure. I mean, we're, we're, we have the talent. Um, Gee, that's what. <laughs> so, so um, let's talk about relegation, ahead, maybe, or maybe we don't want to get into that tonight. Let's get into that next time, and maybe just do a couple match predictions. I like it. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so um, the FA, I, Cup, FA Cup this weekend, yeah. Yeah, it starts next Tuesday. Apparently, I guess there aren't games this Saturday. Um, so not the not the Premier League, but I didn't know if you wanted to get into like there are FA Cup games this weekend. I didn't know if you want to build into those or just go right to the Premier League. Nah, not, there's so also Chelsea, Chelsea v Tottenham. Chelsea v Tottenham. Is that Premier League? Second leg, second leg of the Carabao. Oh yeah, that's right. That's tomorrow. That's tomorrow. No, no, what is that? Yeah, well tomorrow? Thursday. What day is it's today? Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, yeah, so Thursday. Spurs are up 1-0 on aggregate going over to Stamford Bridge, and I doubt that they will win that match. I expect Chelsea to win 3-1. Oh, because Desk is destroyed. So I know some people don't like Desk as an acronym, but Deli, Erickson, Son, and Kane, and all we have left is Erickson. Well, he's the best player. All you have to do is defend. Like, did you watch the Arsenal-Chelsea game? Like, uh, I don't think Higuain should be there by Thursday, and they look like uh, you talk about a team that looks lost attacking. Um, Chelsea is yeah. out of it. Like, what they what they say on uh, uh, what they say over the weekend? They they scored like eleven goals in the last ten games or something like that. Like they're averaging just after this weekend, they're averaging less than a goal a game. Yeah, um, I'm just reading Marcotti. What? on ESPN and he was talking about Sari and Sari came out this weekend and said that this group of players is very difficult to motivate um, yes. and they're trying to play Hazard as a false nine because Morata is a dumpster fire and Jorginho can't be pressed and they've got all these issues with his system and these players just don't fit his system so it'll be interesting to see where that goes but I, I just think there's too many injuries for Spurs to get this done you got Kane out. You have Daly Alley They're out now. One still, over. Harry's back. You gotta like their chances. In this Maybe Sissoko. Play Man City after, and they're screwed. Yeah, I'll say if Mora, if Lucas Mora and Musa Sissoko are fit for Thursday, then I give them a chance. But there's it a good chance like that neither Mora one of them are. Be. I hope so. I've heard Mora will be starting. That would be nice. Urente we'll is yeah. a. Uh, I have no words for Fernando Llorente. Seems like a a jolly, nice human being, but um, I think it, uh, he's an old, crotchety old man who can't do anything. Yeah, really bad. And then, obviously, right, so, Man City just beats whoever, like a third-tier team to get into the finals. Pretty much. Was it 9 nothing the first game? Yes. Their last one. Yeah, 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 that's right. It was eight or nine nothing for their first leg against Burton. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. At any All rate. Right, so, Premier League, Premier League, I'm going to ask Jimmy, Arsenal, Cardiff City, what's one thing to watch from Cardiff, which had that unfortunate oh. plane crash. Yeah. Good. Oh, Awful. Yeah. I was going to say, like, 
that's uh that's one where kinda outside the game, you know, um uh Emiliano Sola is playing gets lost over the English channel. Um on his way to Wales for his transfer. Um crazy. Uh, I don't wanna I don't I don't yeah, I don't wanna predict predict the score for that one, but like uh I, I'd imagine that that's that's gonna be a pretty emotional emotional game, especially if we get news, you know, going forward here in the next couple of days before the game. So um uh, I, I mean, I think that. Sorry to, I can't help but touch on it a little bit. <laughs> Actually, never mind. I'm gonna ask this part. I was gonna ask a really effed up question. <laughs> There's no such thing as is, is, uh, is not a fucked up question. So that's funny. Do you think that they feel like the GMs that ship them out? Do you think there's guilt there? Or whoever does the transfers, oh. right? Because the, the Spanish team, like he's going directly to Wales. Like, oh my god, it's terrible. It's terrible. Well, he's coming. He's coming. I don't know. Say, I can't pronounce. I can do French words. Um, but uh, the team in France. Um, I forget. Nantes, Nantes, or something. Nantes, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll go with that. Right. We can slaughter it. I hope that I hope that the one person that listens to this podcast is French and he's destroyed this French pronunciation. Yeah, um, no one's gonna listen to so, this first one. Is the thing because our feed is just gonna <laughs> keep going. Like maybe I'll leave it in there. Yeah. No, I think uh, I think Arsenal wins four nothing. So there's that's uh, <laughs> that no they get no dead player strength. The dead player strength goes to the Spanish team. Well, they didn't know the guy either. Dude. Keep that in mind. Like not to be cold, I, but. They didn't know the guy. He didn't have time to acclimate into the team. I mean, and this, like, wow, if you're the weird. owner of Cardiff, Cardiff, it's it's business, and I, I would probably feel a little guilty. But I asked this question yesterday. That's the question. Did they pay yeah. the transfer fee? I don't know. I think it's sealed and signed. And I don't know. I'm I'm sure uh, I'm sure there's some sort of insurance on that that protects both clubs from whatever. So that's uh, you know, outside of Outside the point. Um, <laughs> like that's like think about think about that, though, uh, Jim. Without without going without going too far off track. I mean, think about like what was that Brazilian side that lost like uh, all their teams, two of their players in that plane in that plane crash. Like, I don't think that anyone was thinking like, oh, I guess we lost all those old wages. Um, yeah. I want anyway, to uh but, I want to mention so something real quick real quick. I want an Asian Cup update from Brad Tindall. Um Asian Cup update. Uh Bahrain took South Korea to extra time today, which is unfortunate cuz it means Seon Kyung Min is playing more minutes, damn it. And the Koreans won in the second half of extra time. They scored a goal and won 2-1. So Great for Son and his happiness because he's a wonderful human. But golly, I wish Bahrain would have won. Anyway, that's my yeah. Opinion. We could use him. Oh, uh, um, what, what other games you got on the docket there, Mike? All right, Fulham Brighton. This is a Ooh. bottom of the table clash here. That's fun. Hey, where what is it? Craven Cottage that? or Amex? Um. I think so. Brighton gets 13, a win. Fulham 19 in the table. I got Fulham. 
two one, two one or one nil, one nil, Fulham. No, I can't. No, not a, not a shutout. So think about this: like Fulham, I don't think has a clean sheet on the season. Like double check me, but they have the worst defensive record in the Premier League. Like they like are a sieve at the back. Fifty-two goals. Um, Fifty-two goals. Yeah. So I there's there's not a chance that it's a uh, it's a shutout unless it's Brighton shutting out Fulham, but. I think Fulham looks like uh, I actually was really impressed with uh, uh, Ryan Babel's uh, start. Like uh, he's the new signing they got. Um, uh, what Dutch winger. Winger. Um, he's a, I think he plays left wing for them with um, the red hair. Uh, he, 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 oh yeah, yeah, he only played like he only played like sixty sixty-five minutes of his first game with them. But you know, I think he he presented some uh, a different you know uh, a different look for them. Um. I can see I can see it's gonna be a tie. I'll, I'll go two two. I like it. All right, got bottom of the barrel, barrel Huddersfield versus uh, Everton. Got to be Everton. Oh, uh, I'm not gonna watch. That sounds brutal. That sounds like the that worst game to watch all weekend. And then we got Wolves West Ham, which is I I love West Ham for no good reason at all. Yep. Have you uh, seen Green Street Hooligan? Uh, have you watched that movie yet? I have not. Dude, it's all about West Ham. It's so good. It's got Frodo in it. It's gold. Give it a watch. <laughs> all right. All right. It's got Frodo. He doesn't have a real name. Elijah Wood. Uh, Jimmy, all right. can you give us who are some players from right. Wolves and West Ham? Uh, I mean, the guy who's been the engine for Wolves all year has been uh, Ruben Neves um, in midfield. Jimmy loves Um, Oh, I love him. He's uh, He's so good. You know, I, I, I think I said this at the beginning of the season when Wolves were coming up. I, like, I predicted them to finish top ten. Like, they weren't a normal championship side coming up. You know, they they had a project that they got a bunch of uh, players and coaches to buy into. Um, Neves is a huge part of that. Um, Joao Moutinho, um, a, a Portuguese player, um, just, just another solid player in midfield, a, a professional. He's an older guy. He's been around for a while, but a really good player. Um, you know, I, I think that Wolves have a lot of, um, really nice pieces. I think they're what they're eighth right now, um, in the standings. And like, I wouldn't be surprised if they start pushing for like seventh. Um, like, I don't, I don't think they have enough to catch the top six, but, um, if they finish in seventh this year, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I take Wolves to, to get the win. Yeah. I mean, Jimmy had Wolves. Watford. Yeah. Jim, Jimmy had Wolves promoted like halfway through last season of the championship. So credit to Jim on that one. Nice. So what's the score? Wolves, West Ham. It is at Molyneux Stadium. I guess it's Wolves. Yeah, it's Wolves. I'll go... 3-3 three, three uh, draw. I'm going to go 2-1 Wolves. 2-1 Wolves. All right. And then Newcastle, Man City. <laughs> Actually, no. I skipped you. Manchester United, Burnley at three. Burnley Manchester United, Burnley. They've been playing better, though, of late. Like, they, they're not that much different than the team that finished in, what, in seventh last year? Um, You know, I, I think that, you know, they're, they're starting to figure it out defensively a little bit. Um. If I'm not wrong, this game's at Burnley, correct? Uh, no, Old Trafford. 
Oh, is that Old Trafford? Ah, uh, um, I think United's been better at home. Uh, I'm gonna say two-one uh, United. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna fight for a little bit. I think it's gonna be for a while into the game. Yeah, a little glitchy there, but yeah, I think we got the point. Um, two one, one there. Two one. Last game, Man City, Newcastle United. <laughs> City. DeAndre Yedlin scores a game winner in the ninety third minute. One zero. Newcastle wow, United. That'd be great. Hey, are you are you from the United States or what? I'm going to go to one Man City. <laughs> There's your Yedlin goal. There's the 6-1 to one Yedlin score the goal. Hey, as long as he gets it. Yeah, I'll go 4-1. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, I think that's the slate for Tuesday. There are a bunch of Wednesday games. Spurs play Watford quickly. Tindall. Uh, uh, is it at Watford? No, it's yes, it is. Cause they beat us at Wembley, I think. No, it's at Wembley. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll go two one Spurs for that one. Really gonna grind though. <laughs> All right, two one two one Watford. Two one Watford. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Spurs first draw of the season. Uh, one apiece. There you go. Gotta happen eventually. Ooh, Bournemouth. I'll say Burmese will get a draw regardless of where it's played, at least. I like Burmese this year. I, I agree with Bradley. Fatality Stadium. That, that's that got to be them. Yeah, that's Bournemouth, yeah. Um, I said it wrong. Bournemouth, huh? Bournemouth. Uh, Southampton, Crystal Palace, another. Southampton playing better as of late with the new coach. Yep. So is that bottom? Where's Crystal at? It's 14. So is... They're London. Crystal Palace is playing well, though, too, yeah. I mean, they just been, like, yeah. really lost this past season. They scored, yeah, they scored three goals in Liverpool. Hey, Sellers, just the only stadium I've ever been to in the Premier League. Awesome. So cool. And lastly, Liverpool-Leicester. Ooh, come on. Come on, Foxes. Come on now. Nah. Uh... I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Liverpool four to two. I'm gonna go Liverpool three zero. Is it at Anfield? Uh, hold on, I wandered up the page. Anfield or King Power? If it's yeah, King Power, it, yeah, on the west it's uh, home. Yeah, it's, it's at Anfield. Uh, I don't think I can pick Leicester then. I was gonna take a three three draw. I don't think two two rather. Yeah. Uh, no. Liverpool. My, my wife loves Michael. She loves him. Was he the son of Jimmy's? Yeah, son of Jim's Jim United keeper, isn't it? He's such a handsome yeah. man. You yeah. just can't help it. It's like, yeah, you're allowed to love him. He's he's beautiful. His uh his his dad, Pierce Michael, was one of the reasons I played goalie. Loved he's him at United. Michael. Right. I loved him and uh, Oliver Kahn. I want uh, Jimmy, give me your 30-second rant about whatever you'd like, and then we're ending this thing. And they'll get yours ready. <laughs> All right. 30-second rant. Well, Five, um, four, three, two, one, rant. So I, I'm sick and tired of listening to Kindle 
bitch and moan about how hard he has it as a Tottenham fan. When in reality, <laughs> he is coming at the, the greatest generation of Tottenham soccer probably in their history. And that's saying something considering what it was 61 the last time they won a trophy. Correct. Um, no, 2008 it, League Cup, 61 for a Premier League. You've never, you, you've never had, you've never had more money. You've never had better players. You've never had a better coach. And like, like hey, a true, like a true Tottenham. No, it's my ring. Like a true Tottenham fan. You are sitting there making excuses, uh, um, saying that it's unfair, saying you're being treated poorly in the media. When reality is, you guys will always be uh, outside of the Power Five. You guys Ooh. are the American Athletic Conference of, uh, if you were in a related college football. Ooh. You guys want to be in the top six, and you're not, and you never will be. That's my ring. Okay. Have been the last couple of years. Have been the last couple of years, Jim. And with the new stadium, I think at least uh, ongoing contention for the Power Five would be quite realistic with that increased volume for traffic and just send up the door. Historically, Nottingham Forest is more relevant historically than you are. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that at all. And and I think I think that's all fine and good, Jim, opinions wise. But the one thing I would comment now. Yeah, the one thing I would comment is on is excuses is not in my repertoire when it comes to my my supporter mentality when it comes to Spurs. I'm so grateful. I'm inc- I'm overwhelmingly grateful for this generation of players. I absolutely love them. I don't have one thing that I would change from 2014, and I trust everything that Poach is doing, period, end of story. I'm so grateful that we got him, that the young players have matured the way that they have, that it's also exciting with the new stadium coming up. I'm nothing but grateful. Absolutely no excuses. I think we've overachieved. It's very exciting. Um, let me, with that said, let me I think on the media criticism is fair. Media criticism isn't uh, it isn't fake. They are begrudgingly talking about Spurs. They're begrudgingly talking about Spurs. They're talking about Spurs because they are relevant and they have to. And the media's attitude towards it is dismissive, which must be indicative of their history. So I, it's a learning process for me. But it, it's amazing to watch the media begrudgingly talk about a team that's overachieving in the same manner that. Lester did, not to the same extent on a season-by-season basis, but it's, it's just interesting to watch, and I'm nothing but grateful. No excuses. Very happy. Wouldn't well, be happier. Here's, here's, here's my two-point rebuttal. First of all, um, the no rebuttal. Being that, that, so we got to end. This is. This is my, this is my ending point. Because right. it wraps it up next to uh, First of all, Pochettino uh, and Harry Kane will look great in missionary colors next year. Secondly, if nothing else, uh, for the length of our friendship, the length of our sports fandom, nothing, uh, I, I enjoy almost nothing more than getting Bradley Tyndall triggered about sports. <laughs> and that's where I'll end it. True. <laughs> and he's good at it, too. It's fun. I've done it myself. <laughs> it's all I love, buddy. Absolutely. Good stuff, uh, I just wanted to say a quick happy trails. Tim Howard announced his retirement. Uh, at the end of this MLS season, was he 50? He's been a U.S. goalie for the last 40 years. <laughs> uh, and with that, uh, good night. Good night. I don't have a name for this yet.
We'll figure it out. No. Got to have a name because we got to post this. We just announced scores for Tuesday. It's got to be up this weekend. Take okay. a name. Well, okay. How about tomorrow? Stocks one day. That is like that would work. The fighting, the fighting the stars the first, and then Jimmy's, Jimmy's just an asshole. <laughs> uh, there it is. Two cocks, one neck. Yeah, that'll really look good on uh, search. <laughs> Perfect. Two, yeah. Two cockerels. Aren't they the cockerels? We're going to have some real weirdos that listen to this. They'll be like, they're going to get into it. like, oh, I'm already here. I'll work. I think it'll, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Worth a shot. All right, I got to get out of here. All right, gentlemen. All right. Hi, gentlemen. Later. Good night. Quiet.